Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. I hope you're doing amazing this fine day and are ready for a podcast unlike anything I've ever put out before on the show. So today I'm interviewing Aisha, aka Oath Oracle, who is an intuitive astrologer and mystic biz strategist who has a passion for transforming past trauma into power and freedom and stepping into a new paradigm of conscious business, financial freedom, and liberation for all creators. In this episode, Aisha and I talk all about astrology, which I have not yet gotten into into this podcast, and especially how she uses astrology to empower entrepreneurs to really step into the gifts that their higher self literally chose to come down here with and how to express them exactly through their businesses. Aisha and I decided it would be so much fun for her to dive into my natal chart in this episode and share with me some of my gifts and how I can use those gifts in my business, which was so amazing. And when I tell you that she blew my mind and explained complex astrological concepts in ways I've never heard before, 
I am in no way over-exaggerating. It really was so freaking cool. I had no idea how much magic was actually in my chart based on her unique interpretations that I've never heard before that really spoke to me. And she made me especially so excited about all the planets that I have in my chart in Scorpio, which is a sign that most people often misunderstand and actually including me. And as we go through my chart, we obviously talk more about topics that pertain to every Everyone. Like, for example, what is Mercury retrograde? What does it mean? How does it impact us? Um, as well as Saturn returns, which was a very commonly asked topic in the Q&A that I did before I went live with this episode with Aisha. I asked her some of the questions that you guys were asking as we were going through my chart, which are a bunch of different transits that every single one of us has experienced or will experience at some point and so much more. So you're definitely going to want to listen closely to everything that she shares. And And, and at the end of this episode, I'm actually doing a surprise giveaway where you can win a session with Aisha that I'm personally gifting to one lucky listener of this episode. So all the details on exactly how to enter will be shared at the end of the episode. So just make sure you keep your ears open and pay attention. It is so good. And I cannot wait for whoever wins this reading to get their reading because seriously, I loved my reading so much that um, she shared that we could easily go into like two hours worth of things that she can tell me. And obviously I didn't want to put you guys through a two hour long podcast just about me. I wanted to make it applicable to you as well. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up actually booking a session with her so that she can finish telling me everything about my chart. So that's coming up in April and I'm so excited for that reading. But in the meantime, I'm definitely going to re-listen to this podcast episode as well. It is so good. So, okay, without further ado, let's dive into this magical episode. Hello there, Aisha. How are you doing? Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and excited to be here with you. Oh my God. I'm so excited as well because I don't know very much about astrology, but I have been reading my horoscope for as long as I can remember. And I don't think I got like a natal chart reading until about a year and a half ago, even though I don't know why I waited so long. And it's been quite a while since that chart. Um, so I feel like I kind of forgot everything about astrology, except for what I've learned, you know, through human design. So I'm just stoked on this episode. You received so many questions from my manifestation babes about all things astrology. So I just know that this is going to be an epic episode. I'm so excited to share this because this is kind of my lifeblood. It's a really a lifelong passion of mine. And we all know our sun sign. We all have read our horoscopes, but there's so much more to it than that. And yeah, I'm just really thrilled to dive in because it's so much fun. I was going to say like there is the three that I know is moon sign and then rising sign, and then sun sign. And then I know that there's signs galore for everything. There's houses and there's planets and everything. So it's super exciting. Before we dive into the, all the nitty gritty though, can you kind of share a little bit about your story and how you got into astrology and how you became known as the Oath Oracle? Yes. Um, so it's been a long, beautiful journey. Um, I came from, and I was born into a more of a challenging childhood, more of a challenging upbringing. And there was a lot of darkness and a lot of things I had to learn. Um, and it, now through 
my relationship with astrology, it's really helped me understand the meaning and purpose, which by the way, that's just one of the beautiful, beautiful gifts astrology can offer us is to illuminate for us the purpose of some of our really hard experiences. So I remember the day when I was 14 years old and I first found a website, uh, astrology-online.com, exact same layout for the last like however many years, never changed their layout. So very classic. And I had never felt so seen as when I read what this was saying about my sun sign Aquarius. Um, so that was the, I, I felt like I've been slapped in the face by truth. Like I was just, my breath was taken away and I had had a childhood where I didn't feel seen and where there was a lot of instability. And all of a sudden this website was making me feel completely seen, vulnerable, um, like, and also a sense of belonging. I was like, wow, like this page, this webpage is, is giving me the sense of belonging. It was very trippy experience. Um, I still remember exactly how the sensation felt. And so throughout my teens, I had a had a journey. I dropped out of high school when I was at age 15. I moved out of my home when I was age 15. So I had a rocky teens and actually my whole 20s was pretty rocky too. Um, I did a lot of traveling the world. I a story, and I'm sure if any of your listeners have experienced um, dropping out of high school or experienced growing up in um, what some might call poverty, um, there can be this belief that if you'd make this choice and if you go this direction, you'll never have, you'll never have a good job. You'll never have a career. So I still felt that it was what I was supposed to do. And I, but I accepted the story and the program and conditioning that, okay, well, I'm not going to have, not going to have a career then, I guess, but I obviously have to do this. So, you know, that's just the hand I was dealt and I'm, I'm just going to have a, kind of lived my life as like live fast, die young kind of energy or like, you know, I'm not going to have like money or success, but I'm going to have some fun. So Mm. I traveled the world. I did a lot of workshops and personal development just purely for passion. And the whole time, this whole time studying astrology, I worked in the service industry and cafes and then bartending the whole time, every day off hours and hours and hours into astrology. But as you know, with mindset work, if you have a program that's running that says you'll never have a good job, you don't see this passion as something that could be something you just it's just something I did in my, I would say spare time, but it was more than that, because I I was making time for it. And I was so happy to so happy to dive into it. And it helped me navigate really, really, really hard things when I didn't have the um, privilege, uh, like financial abundance to, for example, pay for therapy out of pocket. Astrology was this way that I was actually making sense of things that otherwise it felt so senseless, like, you know, hard things we experience in this world can feel so senseless. Mm -hmm. So all this time, astrology was with me from the age of 14 to the age of now I'm 32. And so last year in 2020, in March, so it's been almost one year, we're coming on to my one year anniversary, I started my astrology business. Um, And a couple of years before that, I began doing paid readings through word of mouth. And the word of mouth was very like wildfire. I didn't have a website. It was just literally just actual people word of mouth. Um, And I was consistently getting readings all of a sudden from people that were far away, people I had never met before. And my goal was that I start my website in 2020. Um, that just simply that I make a website, not wasn't thinking of, you know, going full time in my business. And then I actually joined one of your workshops, Catherine, Epically Aligned. And we were doing the goal setting process. And, you know, um, there's a, you make a point to talk about the goals that are truly fulfilling and, and really checking in on how certain goals feel. And I really checked into how certain goals felt. And I, I recently was going through even before we had our, this interview booked, I was going through my notebooks for that time of Epically Aligned and how I said, I, I'm so uh, grateful to Quantum Leap into being full-time in astrology. 
So 2020 came, 2020 happened. We know, we all know um, this collective journey and transformation that we've been on. And my business, um, if you look at my own chart, I was always meant, always meant to create this business. I launched my business. Um, within six months, I was creating consistent five-figure months in my business, which was just completely mind-blowing for me from where I came from and what I, what I had known before. And it really helped me to see that all of that struggle was really for such a divine purpose, which was to let other people know that the stories that we're told about what we're capable of are simply stories. And we really do get to consciously create. And when we're on our path of purpose, the path just unfolds like this amazing miracle. So yeah, I'm so grateful for astrology. Um, and I really truly can't imagine my life without it. Wow. What a great freaking inspirational story. I find so many similarities between like how you found astrology. Did it feel like a remembering to you? Like it was like a duh, like I've known this before, just not in this lifetime, maybe. It was like a psychedelic experience before I even knew what that was. It was just like, boom, boom. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I, the same exact shit happened to me when I found the secret. I was like, oh, I know this. I don't know how I know this, but it felt like someone put a blindfold over me for the last, because I discovered manifestation when I was 16 years old. So it felt like I had just had a blindfold over me for the last 16 years. And then all of a sudden the blindfold came off and I just, I just got introduced or reintroduced to something that's always been there, something that I've always known. And I had the exact same belief system. I was like, I I can be successful. Like I gave myself permission to be successful with my fitness business. And I could only teach law of attraction and manifestation to my fitness clients and to those that I was mentoring in my fitness business but I could not do it on its own. And so the same way that you shifted into this like quantum leap in March of 2020 was exactly what happened. Actually, it's Manifestation Babe's fifth birthday next uh, tomorrow. And so it's been five years. It was literally March. I think, wait, what's today? March 3rd. Yeah. March 3rd, 2016, where I took the leap of being like, okay, I'm fucking doing this. I'm going to make my website we got this. So it's just really cool to hear your story and see some of the similarities and how there's certain things that just click with us. And we have no explanation as to why, um, but they just do. And they're meant to be part of our purpose. And just like you said, you know, like it's in your chart, it's been in your chart to do what you do for a living. Um, obviously I'm curious, we're going to get into my chart today as part of this podcast. Aisha is going to be reading my chart, but before we get into that, can you just kind of describe how how you use astrology or, or rather, how do you help other entrepreneurs use astrology in their business? Can you kind of just share like what you do and how you help people? Yes, absolutely. Uh, a big signature in my own chart is sharing my transformation with others. So the transformations that I experience, translating them and offering them to the collective. And at first, when I, the first few months of my business was astrology, astrology readings, going really deep purpose, purpose and transforming the past was a big, um, and still is a big part of my work, but through my experience with business, and this is also written in my chart, a lot of business um, and authority kind of energy, competency kind of energy through working with business. I realized business is even equally of a massive transformation in my own life because business is more than business. It's the vehicle of our soul work. And each Mm -hmm. of us has a purpose on this world and business, you know, sounds like, oh, business, that's like boring. Or it's like, it's like, you know, there's interesting connotations we have with this word, but what it truly is, is just a vehicle that we get to be in energy exchange with the collective by doing our soul work that we're meant to do. Like that's, that's one way to be in business, right? I love that. 
I absolutely Um, love that. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And so as a business owner and an astrologer, I was clearly making my decisions using astrology for divine timing and gaining a lot of insight and inspiration from my charts. And when I could feel how powerful that was, I began to offer it to other people. Um, And that was just, that just quantum leaped everything, not only in my business, but in my life, because I love talking about business (laughs) and I love talking about wealth and coming from poverty. I understand a lot of different facets of this, um, And yeah, so we all get to be enriched and resourced through offering our soul work in the world. And just like with your story, Catherine, it's like when it's right, it's right. And when we're ready and we're stepping up and we're doing the work, it's right. And it's, it's very natural to be resourced, um, in, in the form of financial abundance as well as other abundance. So what we look at in the chart and just the the premise that I look at all charts with is that each of us has a purpose and each of us made a cosmic oath. So my, my vision is, um, to helping others to embody their cosmic oath. So our birth chart, some people think the birth chart is like a randomly generated thing where it's like, oh, I wish I didn't get this or like, oh, I wish I got that. And it's <laughs> not that because our it's our higher self that chose that chart. And we chose everything in our chart for a reason. And I see the chart and all the archetypes of the different planets as our universe. So each of us is a universe. And when all of these different aspects of our universe are functioning to their highest potential, we are in flow. We are our walking higher self. We're manifesting at lightning speed. We're collapsing timelines. We're quantum leaping. It's like 11, 11 all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, and it's just that our chart is the instructions of how that archetype wants to function. So even when it's in what might be known as a challenging or negative type condition, that's still simply instructions on what we came here to learn. Mm-hmm. So we never have to feel victimized by our placements because we chose it. We just don't remember choosing it. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Well, can we dive into my chart? I'm Absolutely. so excited to see what my purpose is. <laughs> yeah, so I could literally dive into your chart for like 90 minutes to two hours. And even more than that, like in my five month mentorships, we always have the chart open and it's, it's endless. And wow. just as our self and our own energy is like this hologram, holographic, multidimensional thing. So is the chart. And when I look at this chart, cause I have Catherine's chart up on my screen right now. When I look at this chart, I see messages from your higher self. So my job is to translate them and, um, gain, you know, the chart is a map. It's also a mirror. And it also, it's just you, it's not, there's no limitation. There's no pigeonhole. There's no label. Um, it's just you. And so I, it's very empowering. I find. I love that. So we'll dive in and I'll just intuitively select a few things to share with you in this reading. Sure. Um, the first thing we'll talk about is the rising sign. So we tend to know our sun sign um, and we are going to talk about your sun as well. And the rising sign is something that's really important in business. Um, I find a lot of inspiration for branding from the rising sign. So what the rising sign is also known as the ascendant. It is an indication of your physical body and your appearance. Some astrologers refer to the rising sign or ascendant as the mask we wear for the world. And that can feel true when it's very different than our personality or our other placements. So for example, if you have like resting bitch face or something, or like you're Scorpio rising and people think you're so intense, but you're not actually inside um, because of your other placements, uh, then in that case, it can feel like a mask, but it's so much more than our appearance. So yes, it does indicate the first impression that you give to others before they've even spoken to you. It's an energy which it, you're emanating. You're emanating this energy, whether someone knows you personally or not, whether they're close to you or not. So on a deeper level, when we look at the chart from this premise of like cosmic oath and purpose, it's that 
your soul chose this physical vessel for a reason. So it can actually tell you about your role and your purpose in terms of how you're here to impact the collective as like a body. You know, each of us moves through this world and we send out a ripple of influence and impact um, just, just by being here and taking up space. So the rising sign is like what you're broadcasting at all times. So you obviously, you chose that for a reason, right? So you are a Libra rising as well as a Libra sun. So that is really beautiful. It's literally a sign of beauty. So Libra is a sign of beauty. It's a sign of the artist. It's a sign of wealth, diplomacy, fairness, and justice. So there's a beautiful soft energy to Libra risings. Libra risings tend to be very beautiful in general. It's a Venusian energy. And part of the way that your soul chose to accomplish your purpose is through a sense of peace and serenity, through creating that. So you actually send a ripple of beauty, peace, and serenity as you move through the world. Libra is also a sign of communication so and collaboration. So collaborating, teamwork, having a podcast is very Libra because Libra is actually a sign of partnership. So it's yes. like, let's work together. Let's find the solution. Let's find the win-win. Um, a really amazing mediator, really amazing um, diplomatic kind of energy of let's, let's work for peace. Let's, let's go that extra mile and find a way that we can, we can find a win-win situation. So it's very soft. It's very about balance and symmetry. So if we look at this for visual branding, we definitely want to think of symmetry. We want to think of Venus energy and what that actually means to us. We want to think of balance and spaciousness. So Libra is a very visually aesthetic sign. So it's like almost like seeing our feed for anyone who has a Libra rising and wants inspiration for their social media from this. We can uh, think of spaciousness in our feed as if we're curating a gallery like this over here and this over here and a beautiful flow that has a sense of visual balance to it and peace. So you want to kind of ask yourself, or I recommend asking yourself when I look at my social media or when I look at my business website, do I feel this emotion? Does this emanate peace? So there's definitely a big peace theme with the Libra rising energy. Mm. I was going to say my two favorite words that I use a lot in my work is peace and serenity. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I love um, chatting about astrology with people who aren't, aren't familiar with their placements, but they're very intuitive because this is you. You don't actually need to be told this. It's only an interesting tool and a method, yeah. new perspectives on what is already true. Mm -hmm. um, so of course you're already tapped into that. So yeah, of course I feel that from your social media as well. There's a softness to it. So Libra is very refined. Libra is refined, gentle, soft. Um, yeah, there's a very refined and polished energy to Libra rising. Then your sun is also in Libra as well. So the sun is the core archetype and the core essence of who you are. So we know, we all tend to know our sun sign. We've read horoscopes. We might know some traits. Um, and more than just telling us about our personality, the sun placement, I'm really excited about this, actually gives us instructions on what is the context and circumstances in which we can shine our light the most powerfully. So we're all here to shine our light in a way that's pure, in a way that isn't about power over, power under, you know, just simply shining our light to our potential, our natural potential with our inherent, you know, divinity. So when your son is in Libra and it's in the first house, you really are able to shine your light when you have people to share your ideas with bouncing back ideas off people. So having a podcast is so perfect for you because bouncing back ideas helps you form 
what your steps are and what your inspirations are. And even if you, for example, if you had an idea and you have a, a coach or a mentor or someone in your life, like your partner, and you just want to chat, you don't want any advice from them. It's simply mm. that by verbalizing it, you're forming something energetically. So you really have, um, you know, being surrounded by beautiful, beautiful things in your space, having that environment helps you to shine your sun, your light, your solar light of consciousness in a way that's just luminous. And we all, we all get to be luminous. And As I literally have organizers, professional organizers come to my home tomorrow for the next three days to make sure my space looks immaculate because environment is so important to me. And I'm just like tired of living in a disorganized home. So it's like, yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's that balance. And with Libra energy, you know, it's about beauty, but beauty is more than physical. Beauty is energetic. And Libras Uh actually understand beauty as an ideal, like beauty is a, it's a philosophy almost for Libra energy, like that feng shui and really feeling when things are yeah, just in balance. Right? Yes. Yes. Then your son is also in your first house. So this is another part of this prescription for your son to really shine. The first house is the house of self. It's the house of boldness. It's the house of courage. It's the house of assertiveness. So you are here to speak your truth The way that you speak it, because Libra energy is so soft and refined, the way that you speak it doesn't offend people, but you are not here to hold back on your truth. Mm. You're here, you're here to say it, you're here to live it, you're here to embody it, you're here to be fearless, but still the um, presentation and the expression of it is very soft. It doesn't offend people. It's actually very attractive to people where it's like, oh, I can't believe she just said that. But like, I don't mind that she just (laughs) said that. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. I love working with the sun sign in this way because we tend to think our sun is like, yeah, like I said, a randomly generated box that we're supposed to fit into. And yeah, it tells us information about ourselves, but it's also instruction. So that's the part that I really love about astrology is like, how can I, how can I, how can I be more in alignment, right? Like, how can I be more in alignment with my essence? And I think one of the biggest gifts of astrology as well is giving us permission giving mm-hmm. it like that permission of like, wow, I've always felt like I'm just supposed to shine my light unapologetically, but you know, we have tend to have conditioning from society or from family and different, different things that makes us think that's not okay. Especially as women, right? Like you're really here to shine your light very bright and you're here to be known for, for who you are, for your personality. Mm, that's beautiful. Then we also look at uh, in terms of branding, there's a couple things I love to look at, love to look at the rising sign. I love to look at the sun because when that's on point and we're just shining our light, our light is irresistible to the people who are meant to be impacted by it. So it's important to give ourselves that, give ourselves that space, like being a host, which would be very first house, which is like the self, like, this is me. This is my show. This is my, this is my shit right here. And then Libra is like, I'm bringing people into this space. Like that's a really beautiful um, platform for you. Then I also like to look at Mercury, which is the messenger archetype. And well as the third house cusp. So here we're getting into some houses. We don't need to get too overwhelmed with technical things. Um, I'll, I'll break that down when we get to the third house cusp. But there's a relationship between Mercury and the third house cusp. And so they're about our message, the way that we're here to share a message. They're about media. And they're also a, a merchant and trade archetype as well. So we want to activate the placements of all of our planets based on their sign and house, that's kind of the information about like, what's the diet that this archetype needs to function in the way that it was, it's meant to function for my highest purpose and my highest self-expression. So for you, Mercury's in your first house. So Mercury communication (laughs) in your first house of self, like this is me, this is my, this is my jam. This is what I'm about. I'm not going to be afraid to speak these things. I'm not afraid to be bold. I'm not afraid to say what needs to be said. And there's also a lot of excitement. So when people have Mercury in their first house, 
things in our first house, they impact our appearance and they impact that rising sign first impression. So it all layers onto each other in this like infinite dimensional holographic, beautiful expression of us. Um, So speaking your truth is so important to your sense of self. And it's really um, like people have Mercury in the first house. It's kind of like their, their message is right, right there, right there for you to see. Um, But then your Mercury is in Scorpio and Scorpio is more of a secretive, mysterious energy that's more magnetic and it's more inward. So it's interesting how you're very extroverted and external, yet there's also this very, very deep depth. Like there's a profound depth that's going on here because you actually have quite a few planets in Scorpio. So Scorpio is a sign of mystery, occult matters, what is taboo, sex, death, rebirth. Um, Scorpio is also sign that I work with in terms of the energetic aspect of manifestation um, because Scorpio is connected with what's beyond the veil and Scorpio is about transmutation and energy exchange. So sex is an energy exchange. Death is an energy exchange. And Scorpio also rules joint finances as in everything in life lives somewhere in astrology. Okay. So Scorpio is like inheritance, debt, mortgage, taxes, sudden windfalls of money, um, money that's separate than the money we exchange our time for. That makes sense. I could literally talk about like just this for like two hours. So I'll just, (laughs) so your Mercury is like, you're here to outwardly express and really shine your light. But what it is that you're expressing, it's almost like you're diving deep into the underworld and coming up back to the surface with certain gems to share very publicly. Mm -hmm. You're literally (laughs) describing me. I will say, I will say a lot of people, like when I when I started, before I started sharing more of my, my personal life, people would always be like, you're so mysterious. We don't know what you're up to. You're so mysterious. Who are you? And I'm like, and then I'll literally like share my whole life and it's still like not enough. And I'm like, holy fuck people. Like I'm doing the best I can. What do you mean? I'm mysterious. Like it never, it never really connected with me, but that's just, I don't know. That's just how I show up. And also on my human design chart, like I'm a two, four profile. And that's like the paradox profile where you are a hermit, but also a networker at the same time. And so I constantly battle this, like, I want to be left alone, but I love people, but I also want to be on my own, but I also love people. And so it's just like this forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards that I feel all the time. Yep. That's definitely part of your blueprint and you, and you get to be that. And that's actually Scorpio is very magnetic. So you have Libra, like quite a few significant Libra placements and quite a few significant Scorpio placements. They're signs that are right next to each other. So Scorpio comes after Libra. So Libra is beauty and peace and let's talk and let's chat. And like Libra loves having like a buddy for things. Like, will you be my gym buddy? Like, do you want to come with me for this? Like, cause Libra is yeah. about partnership. So Libra loves having a counterpart, but Scorpio is all about that deep transformation. And each of us goes on that transformational path alone. Um, so it's not that Scorpio is a loner. Scorpio loves connecting because Scorpio is the sign that rules sex. So that's about merging. That's about energetically, tantrically, transcendentally merging with others. Very emotional and very, very deep. But it you do get to be private. Like you do get to walk that line because when we activate our Mercury by understanding this is the way you're always meant to express. Um, it also, it's like that permission giving, right? That doesn't matter if people think you're too mysterious because that's, that's you spend so much time exploring the mystery that people don't, people don't see that people don't mm-hmm. understand how much time of your work is actually exploring the mystery deep within and how that's actually ineffable 
laughable. Like you can't actually describe a lot of those processes, right? Um, but when you have Mercury there, you do have a gift at describing it. Um, your words have a lot of power. And Scorpio is also a very magnetic and hypnotic sign. So when you have Mercury in Scorpio, I always tell people, and I know that you create hypnosis uh, recordings um, that I've actually used myself in some of your courses, Mercury and Scorpio, amazing for a hypnosis career path, amazing for mediumship. So if you've, if you've seen ghosts, if you've been contacted by ghosts, natural mediumship, because Scorpio rules death and Mercury's communication, right? Um, yeah. I'm just like, you guys can't see me, but I'm laughing so hard at like how much this all resonates and describes me. It's like ridiculous. Like uh, what was the first thing you said before mediumship? Uh, hypnosis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I literally... The first time I ever met a, made a meditation, I played it for my mom. She's my first audience. And she's like, I think you're going to make money with these. And I'm like, really? And this is like long before manifestation. Babe. I'm like, what? And I was just getting into like creating my own like um, meditations, hypnosis, like subliminals, like things with my own voice. Cause I just know the power of like the subconscious mind responding mm. to your own voice. And so I wanted to tap into that. And she's like, you're going to make money with these. And then the number one feedback I'd always get is like, Catherine, when I listen to your hypnosis, I immediately go into trance. It's like, it's like within two seconds. So that's freaking hilarious. Scorpio is a shaman archetype, the shaman, the uh, alchemist. So when you have Mercury here and you have some other placements we'll get into in a second as well, there is a natural, like you can just plug in, like you can just just plug, plug right in there and receive the information or share the information without using a lot of words. So, you know, Mercury Scorpio, um, is very much like when I, when I speak, I will speak from the depths or when I speak, it will be something really meaningful, but then you have a very social sun sign and rising sign. So like the way that you're packaging this deep work that actually goes right right into the depths of like the bottomless ocean the way you're packaging it is like light and beautiful because that's libra so that's very attractive (laughs) it's a very attractive mix um that i can i can see you living that that's amazing you also have venus in scorpio so venus is love art money archetype so be just all the beautiful things venus is pleasure venus is what what we value what are our values so activating our venus and feeding our venus is something we can really work with when we look at our chart so just for the listeners if you're like where do i even start like i recommend thinking about your venus as well because venus is Venus is about the flow of money, but Venus is about the feminine flow of money. So what I mean by that is that it's not about toiling and struggling and sacrificing. It's about attraction and receptivity. So we want to activate our Venus. So it's actually that mystery, that depth, that secrecy, holding a few things back, not feeling that you need to put all your cards out there. That is actually activating your Venus. And Venus in Scorpio is very sexy, very hypnotic, very magnetic. Um, So that's something that you could also tie into your branding in some way as well. Um, I do like to find inspiration from Venus. And it's in your second house. And the second house is the house of money. It's the house Mm. of money. Uh, It's the house of our self-worth. It's the house of our wealth. It's the house of savings, resources. Um, It's the house of the money that we earn ourselves. So there's another house, which is about joint resources. And that's actually where you have your moon. (laughs) So your Venus is in a very powerful space for earning your own money, as well as merging resources with other people. It's very magnetic. It's about pleasure. So pleasure practices, even um, sexual manifestation, like sex magic practices, um, and, and simply embodiment as well. That's a very nice uh, way to activate your Venus. Beautiful. 
Yeah. <laughs> like to, we like to see that. We, uh, we like to see Venus in the second house. We like to see Pluto in the second house as well. That's one of those billionaire placements that Bill Gates has Pluto in his second house because Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. And so wherever it is, is the area of our life that goes through the greatest transformation from the beginning to the end. Wow. Well, I do always say I'm going to be a billionaire one day. So (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised with Venus and Pluto in your second house in Scorpio. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. By the way, um, one question, just real quick, just to give, just to answer um, a question that's popped up a lot. There was a a common theme about people being like, why are Scorpio? And and it kind of makes sense. Like I can probably share with you like one theory I have, but obviously I want to hear from you. Um, Why do people say like Scorpios are difficult or people don't like being Scorpios or, Oh, she's a Scorpio. Oh, he's a Scorpio. Like, honestly, I think that I kind of came from that background because I do have one person in my life that I don't have a relationship with anymore. That is a Scorpio and, uh, just didn't have the best experience with them. And the way that you're describing all this, and I didn't know I had so many placements in Scorpio just because I literally did not know how to read charts. And now I'm like seeing what you're showing me you make me want to be a Scorpio. So like, what is up with that? Every sign is part of a perfect whole. So, but, but yes, we can have challenging experiences with signs for sure. Geminis have a really bad rap. Scorpios can have a really bad rap and it's because they're very intense. And Scorpio is literally a sign of power. So what do people do with power? It's up to them what they do with their power. And True. Scorpios all have to learn a lot of lessons about how to wield power in the rightful way because they have such a, a natural access to like raw power. So the shadow aspects or shadow potentials of Scorpio, manipulation, paranoia, obsession, even stalking. Um, so it is a very intense sign. Like life and death is intense, right? It's the sign of death. It's a sign of sex. It's a sign of money, like one aspect of money, joint resources. So those are things that can bring out the ugliest side in people. So for example, prenuptial agreements, wills, inheritances, that's scorpionic energy because it's merged resources. Mm. And the, those are things that people ruin their families and they, they, but it's, it's human beings that are making the choice True. to bring out the shadow potentials. Um, and often it's also, you know, privilege and the way people grow up, we don't all have the privilege and um, the consciousness to like go on our healing journey and live our, our highest uh, self, but every sign has shadow potentials and every sign has, is part of the perfect whole as well. Another quick question I have before we move on, cause you did just talk about mercury and this is just a personal question. Um, how come I fucking thrive in mercury retrograde? when Mercury retrograde has such a bad rap, but literally, okay, this has been a theme I've noticed for almost two years, maybe three years now, every single launch that I've ever scheduled in my business has landed on Mercury retrograde. I do not plan this. It just every fucking time it's my launch week and I go on Instagram and everyone's talking about Mercury retrograde. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's Mercury retrograde again. Like, how did I do this? And yes, I do experience, um, you know, funny tech issues. Like my team would be like, what the hell is happening to the opt-in page? And then I'll literally look up, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. Okay. That's why. Um, so obviously I experienced the hiccups, but I have been so unafraid of it. I will still travel. I'll still do other things. I'll do, I'll conduct my business, business as usual. I'll do my launches. And I'm just curious what keeps magnetizing me towards Mercury retrograde. I love your question so much. So first things first, public service announcement. There's nothing to fear, like fear, like there's so much fear around Mercury retrograde. And, um, you know, obviously as an astrologer, I'm going to notice this. It's so, it's almost infamous. It's like an infamous time of like, oh no, it's Mercury retrograde. It's our choice 
as conscious creators to live in fear or live in love. And there's always, always, always a potential for retrogrades. So something I often, if you ever read my writing about retrogrades, something I really, it's really important for me to kind of share this message is that retrogrades happen for a reason. And every single thing that happens, happens for a reason. It's not an annoyance. It's not fucking you up. It's not, it's not an obstacle. It's actually an opportunity. And Mm -hmm. I think the reason why you personally are thriving during this time is because the gift of Mercury retrograde, since Mercury's perception mindset, thought, and communication. The gift of Mercury retrograde is having a perception which is non-linear. So when it's going direct, we can be very linear. One plus one is two. This is the thing. This is the thing. And when it's not direct, we're accessing a non-linear space. Mm. So as a Mercury Scorpio, you're tapped into the deep subconscious pulse. Like that's a very, you know, you're already tapped into something non-linear because you're tapped into what's beyond the veil. You're tapped into passed on spirits. You're tapped into all of this deep energetic stuff. So I think when people have Mercury in water science, which is the um, element of emotion. So Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio, I feel like they do better during mercury retrograde because they're already they're like oh everyone's flowing now because it kind of forces us to flow yeah and what i really recommend during mercury retrogrades for all of the listeners is it's a time to re-examine it's a time to re-evaluate um it's a time to reflect on the direction you're going and yes that can be uh you know annoying when we have certain plans or something like that but if something comes up there is always going to be some kind of gift in in that exploration of that. And it's a great time for creatives, intuitives, and psychics because we're already tapped into the nonlinear, timeless nature of reality, right? That makes so much sense. That's amazing. Thank you for answering that. My pleasure. And so there's a couple more things we'll chat about. I could easily literally just talk about this for like 10 million years. Um, You do have your moon in Gemini. And you have it in the eighth house and the eighth house is actually the house of Scorpio. Okay. So there's 12 houses, there's 12 signs and every house is associated permanently with a sign. So there's a natural rulership in everyone's chart, the eighth house, Scorpionic themes. Now, when you have the moon in the eighth house, this is a very, very, very psychic placement. So already Mercury in Scorpio, very psychic placement. Moon in the eighth house, very psychic placement. And it's a house of merging resources with others. It's a house of business, of finance, of sex, death, tantra, kundalini energy, um, mediumship, just meditation, just plugging into source and recharging from plugging into source. Um, You do experience intense emotions when you have the moon in the eighth house. I actually have my moon in the eighth house as well. So there's a great intensity of emotions that um, people, when they don't have eighth house placements or Scorpio placements, it's kind of hard to understand the intensity of it because it's really the archetype of the phoenix that rises from the ashes. So when you have the moon here, there are going to be emotional deaths and rebirths that are quite intense that happen throughout throughout life. Um, When we have placements in Scorpio or the house of death, we are here to die before we die. We're here to experience multiple deaths throughout this lifetime, and that's part of our evolution. Um, I, I, I'm like, do I want to, do I want to open this can of worms of this next part of things something I want to share? Go for it. <laughs> something else that I just encourage everyone to either get a reading to find out or look into yourself is the North and South node. So this is a really Ooh. big part of my work. I can yeah. literally do a 90 minute reading just on the North and South node. We had a lot of questions specifically. I was going, that's where I was going to go next. So yeah, go for it. Okay, sweet. So I'll chat about it and then maybe we can weave some questions in and I'll just keep your chart open. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of nice how it's leading the session right now. Yes. Yes. So the North and South node are the nodes of past life karma and future destiny. So the South node is past life karma and it's exactly opposite to the North node. So no matter where they are, they're always exactly opposite to one another. So the South node is talking and indicating what are themes, situations, roles, 
experiences that we've mastered in past lives. We've thoroughly experienced these themes that I'm about to break down for you, Catherine. Uh, We've thoroughly experienced them. So in a way, they are our comfort zone. They also offer a certain superpowers. Like we have resources from these past lifetimes. Our soul retains the memory of certain skills and things like that. So we come into this life kind of thinking, this is who I am. Now, what we're actually here to do is to alchemize that energy of past life karma and transmute it into its exact opposite. So -hmm. the North Node, which is our future destiny, is who we came here to become. Mm -hmm. And it's by the nature of it, it's out of our comfort zone. By the nature of it, we, we often, we start our lives thinking we are the energy of our South Node, and I'll break it down more in a moment. But And we might look at someone who is really expressing and embodying the energy of our North Node and think, well, that's so great for them. That's not me at all. But that's so cool that they're like that. But really, we are supposed to transform into that energy. So for you, it's really about, (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, how do I just say just enough without talking for like 10 hours? But your North Node is in Sagittarius and it's in the third house. So Sagittarius is a sign of adventure, philosophy, meaning, wisdom, religion even it's kind of like guru energy actually and the south node is in gemini now gemini is the sign of the twins it's a sign of duality it's a sign of being a chameleon so what i usually like will see for people when i have readings with people with this placement is that you may have had past lives where you had to shape shift depending on who you were with so you may have socialized for example as a socialite who their mother is like okay this guy is this person from this house or this business. So you have to talk to him about this and knowing how to shift between different groups and say what they want to hear, but going home to your own room at the end of the night and not knowing what you believe in, not knowing what you, what really are your opinions because you have something to say to all these people. So very much socialized to shape shift. And it can also be read as maybe also a past life of being a spy or a journalist or someone who is like, you know, I believe that our South node placement indicates more than one past life. I believe it indicates a pattern that we've thoroughly explored in, in many different ways. That makes so, sense. If you know some Sagittariuses, they just say whatever the fuck they want to say. And they don't, they, they are basically the same regardless of who is around them. Whereas Gemini and you're in the South Node placement, we're going to talk about more of the shadow potentials because we're here to learn a lesson from the South Node. Like this is karma that's coming up for healing in this lifetime. So saying what you know people want to hear, you automatically know what people want to hear because you had the, you've been trained, you've had that experience where you can be like, I know what this group wants to hear. I know what's going to impress this. I know something about every topic so I can always be very interesting in conversation, but it's about finding what is your personal truth with a capital T rather than just, yeah, I know all this info about all all these different things. I know all these interesting facts and interesting stories. It's about, yeah, but what's your personal truth? Hmm. Gemini can see both sides of everything. So it's like, you can really get along with absolutely anyone. But in this lifetime, you're here to learn that, yeah, I see the validity of all these different ways, but this is my truth. And why, why is it my truth? Because I feel it. So Gemini is an air sign. So that's intellect, logic, and thought. And so a great way for all the listeners to work with your North and South nodes is tap into the elements, use your intuition. So South node in an air sign, you're processing, being very in the mind, being very about communication and being that kind of shapeshifter because it's in Gemini, um, being that shapeshifter and having something intellectual and interesting and stimulating to offer the conversation. But Sagittarius is fire. So it's like, this is my truth. Why? I don't need to prove it. I feel it within myself. 
And then it's in the third house, which is the house of social media. (laughs) So people with third house placements, they often blow up on social media. They often just, you're here to share your truth with the, with the audience on social media. And it's quite, it's quite current. It's like, this is what I'm into right now. Cause 'cause it could also be the house of news as in the newspaper, Mm, so it's uh like newspaper, podcasts, blogs, where it's like, this is what I just learned yesterday. This is what I'm thinking about right now. Like it's very, it's very fast paced. Um, And then we also can look at the third house cusp, which is the line, which indicates the beginning of the third house for more information on branding. So that could be that part of the messaging that you came here to express, or when you adopt this type of messaging, it increases your magnetism because you're in alignment with your blueprint is ultimately a message of freedom and liberation. Because Sagittarius is like liberation, adventure, life is an adventure. Life is a, it's a quest. Um, It's very, it's very meaningful. Whereas in the Gemini South node, if you stay in the kind of people pleasing, I know what to say to everyone to impress them. It feels like life is meaningless. Wow. This is the most exciting astrology reading I've ever had. Like you make me want to log off and like go slay some shit right now. Like I'm just, I'm just stoked. Uh, Remind me, what did you say? Um, There was a certain placement that would make people blow up on social media. Is that the North node or specifically the third house? So it's different placements in the third house. So the third house is the house of media. So depending on what is actually there, that will determine what's kind of the relationship or the expression. So for example, the North node, that's destiny. So it's like your destiny. Okay. My destiny is to be an influencer. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely, yeah, for sure. Like sharing your message of freedom with an, with an audience on a media platform. And so when we, when we align to our destiny, that's when life really changes. Like aligning to my North node was completely life-changing for me. And I knew it intellectually, but it's hard to let go of the South node. So it's not just simply like, Oh, I'm going to not be this. I'm going to be this instead. It's not like that because there's a process and a journey that happens for us to become that person. And if someone has, for example, the sun in the third house for the readers out there, like Venus in the third house, Mercury in the third house, that's going to be beneficial for having a social media. So if you're someone who's like shy, but you have these placements, I encourage you to go out of your comfort zone because you're going to activate new parts of yourself. But there can also be things, for example, like Saturn in the third house, which would bring more of a sense of restriction and heaviness. That doesn't mean someone can't blow up on social media. It just means that if they put too much pressure on themselves to show up all the time, they're not really doing themselves any favors. Um, And so it's kind of a, you know, Saturn is a very deep topic. Saturn isn't something negative, though it's also something people get kind of scared of, but Saturn is trying to help us grow. So Saturn is kind of like this stern teacher energy. And so where we have, it can be this place we feel this a bit of heaviness and pressure. Um, So it's about choosing how we work with that energy. Okay. I have questions about Saturn right before I get there. I just want to make a comment, just like a confirmation of what you said. The whole South node, North node thing is literally like my life, my life story, because just my whole childhood is very South node energy. And you said like, when you incarnate, do do you start with your South node? Is that kind of like how you start with your childhood and stuff like that? We kind of feel like that's who we are because we have a soul memory of that. And we recognize people or situations that resonate with the past life and we'll like gravitate to that naturally because of a sense of soul familiarity. Got it. I was the queen of people pleasing. Um, and then everything shifted for me. And like, I st- I'm still letting go of those parts, but like everything shifted for me when I really embodied of like, I don't care anymore what your opinion is. I don't care anymore with that. Like when I told my parents, I'm not going to medical school. I don't want to be with this boyfriend anymore. Like that first like massive transformation that I had was because of this North node energy. And like every level that I've gone to from there, it's just been that North node energy of like, this is my truth. Cause I feel it. And it's no longer, um, you know, using 
it's no longer cerebral. It's no longer a cerebral mm. process where I'm like, but does this make sense? Is this logical? And you know, does it fit into this way of yeah. thinking? Does it fit into that way of thinking? And it's just like, no, I don't care anymore. This is just how I feel about it. And I will say that I, every time I embody that energy, it's just like big explosions in my life, big explosions in my business. So that was really cool. And there were so many questions that you guys asked, um, you know, when I asked if you have any questions for today's podcast, like it was a lot on North node, South node. So go back and re-listen to that and like, go do your own research, book a, a reading with Aisha. Like, this is so incredible. I'm having so much fun. You mentioned Saturn. Um, and you know, I'm currently my Saturn return. That was Mm -hmm. another question that showed up for a lot of people. I, um, at first I felt my Saturn return starting like last year. And it was just like, I felt like the whole world was ending because I felt like I was just going through a massive transformation where I wouldn't know where I would end up on the other side. And I feel like I finally got a, like a grip on it. Um, I still feel like I'm in a massive transformation, but I am like 28 now. So I know I'm still going through it. Can you kind of talk about what the hell Saturn return is, what it means? And I know that there's like Saturn in different planets uh, or different signs as well. And kind of like what that means as well. Yeah. So it's interesting that you segue to that because your Saturn is in the house of childhood. So we're going to be getting into some possibly tender topics. Are you okay with that? A hundred percent. Yes. And before we actually talk about that, I just wanted to just add one more confirmation in here because one thing I didn't mention about your South Node is that it's in the ninth house, which is the house of higher education as in university um, like education. So I would be willing to bet that you did have a past life where you went very high, like fucking master's, PhD, the whole thing because of other people wanting you to do that. You probably have hmm. experienced that in a past life. Almost, so it's just, almost just repeated like, oh that. Almost yeah. repeated that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Yep. And so your Saturn, Saturn is, you know, our Saturn return. It's another kind of infamous transit. It's like, oh no, I want, I need to survive my Saturn return. So let's reframe that. And let's not look at it as something that we need to survive and let's not be the victim. Not that you are doing that, but this is a message for everyone who's listening. Like, let's not be the victim of any astrological transits and let's understand that everything is happening for us. So Saturn is a stern teacher and Saturn is the planet of father time, responsibility, obligation, Saturn is a master builder. So mass building something like a piece of architecture requires boundaries, restrictions, hard work, showing up, consistency. So it's not light energy. Um, but for example, if we didn't have restriction, because Saturn rules restriction, if we didn't have restriction and you're building like the Golden Gate Bridge, there's a lot of things you can't do when you're building that bridge. And because of those restrictions, thousands upon thousands of uh, vehicles and semi trucks get to drive over that bridge without crumbling to the ground. So Saturn is this amazing architect. Where we have it in our own chart is an area we feel a sense of restriction. And it's an area where we might feel a sense of fear. We might fear anxiety about this. You do have some other planets in your fourth house, which are indicating a lot of change and chaos, possibly deception, um, just in the shadow uh, potentials of these planets in the childhood home. So Saturn in the house of home is like, you know, for example, there could be a lot of pressure to succeed because Saturn brings this feeling of like pressure. And the fourth house is the house of our childhood, the home we grew up in 
divine feminine energy, the divine mother itself, as well as our home now. So it's interesting that you're doing home renovations right now because Saturn is like, okay, it doesn't matter how long this takes. If it's important to do this, I, I have to actually do it. I have to show up and get it started and, and, and commit. Saturn is a very committed energy. So Saturn in the fourth house is great for like, for example, eventually owning like owning properties, having rental properties, things like that, that are like, you're signing a contract. This is for real. This is for long-term. Saturn loves long-term. So in terms of our Saturn return, what it is, I almost want to say forcing, because in a way it kind of is, what it's really encouraging us to do is do the healing of the themes of the house that it's in. Mm -hmm. So when we don't, that's when the Saturn return becomes a really, really, really hard time because there's no loophole. So this is my big message for people with the Saturn and Aquarius who are going through their Saturn return right now. There's no loophole. So when Saturn, when you feel that energy, okay, so I'm just going to get a little bit trippy on your audience right now, start to understand your Saturn. So I actually have a free PDF guide, by the way, you guys can download it. Um, I'll give that information later, but just so if you don't know about the themes of your Saturn. So look at your Saturn, look at the house, look at the sign, and then reflect on how you feel about this area of your life, right? You'll probably detect that Saturn feeling when you even just think about this area of your life. It's like heavy. It's like a restrictive. It's tense. And there's pressure. It can feel like it's being like, there's something hard on you, almost like this aura. So feeling the energy of Saturn. And then during your Saturn return, start to recognize when that Saturn energy is present. And then take that time to have a pause and self-reflect and be like, oh, this is Saturn energy. This is a Saturn lesson. And then do the lesson, step up to the lesson. Because when we try to find the loophole and avoid, that's when everywhere we turn, wall. Oh, there's another wall. Oh, there's another wall. Like we can't run away. So even if we've spent our whole life up until we're 28 or having our Saturn return, we spent our whole life being able to get away with not dealing with this. That is not going to fly during the Saturn return. Mm, that so makes this sense. Is, yeah. So this is a time of like reparenting, healing any mother wounds. And sometimes a mother wound isn't even about our relationship with our mother. Sometimes it's about our maternal lines, unprocessed trauma, which, you know, there's a whole reservoir of women's pain that kind of exists, right? So we get to heal our ancestors at this time. We get to heal our lineage at this time. We get to heal our descendants, like our future um, people that we are the ancestors of. And so it's really powerful, really beautiful time. And your Saturn return, yes, it did start when Saturn entered Aquarius, but it's going to be a little while until it's actually exact on your Saturn. So my own, my Saturn return ended. So I was the one before you with my Saturn and Capricorn. Huh. Oh, actually, it's pretty, it's pretty close right now. I just turned on the transit. So it's definitely, definitely pretty close there. So this is going to be the height of the intensity when it's actually on your Saturn. And this whole experience, I really felt that it didn't end until Saturn left the sign of Capricorn and entered Aquarius and then initiated your Saturn generation into their Saturn return. So it really transformed and initiated me into who I'm was always here to be. And there were times when it was hard and there were times when it was like, you know, the satisfaction that we get from actually doing the work. And one more thing about Saturn is Saturn's a stickler for the rules. So it's like one of the rules is there's no loophole. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you've gotten away your whole life without having to deal with this, there's no loophole. And Saturn always rewards hard work. So that's Mm. something I reminded myself a lot. I I will always be rewarded. And I really did change my whole life, the experience of my Saturn return. And my biggest advice is just to to recognize the energy of Saturn, which takes practice and checking in and um, step up, just step up every time. 
for anyone who's listened to the episodes that I did with uh, Makosi, I think we discussed it in part three where we talk about the void and this Saturn return thing sounds a lot like the void to me and like how you're describing, you know, when it enters into that sign and then when it passes through, then you're like on the other side of it. And it's literally what my shaman Mikosi talks about, how it's like, I'm literally in the midst of this void and it's probably going to be like another, and I don't know what the timeline here is, but she said, it's probably going to be like another one to two years that I'll be uh, on the other side of it. And like, at first it was so annoying. It was just so annoying because I went from finally understanding what my purpose is and like building this beautiful business and just living my best life to still growing my business, quantum leaping, having all of the beautiful fruits of the labor, but not feeling internally like I was living my purpose. I felt like I didn't even know what my purpose was. And all of a sudden I'm like, what am I meant to do with my life? I don't know. And it's like from the outside, people would be like, Catherine, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Everything is fine. And it's like internally, nothing is fine. Nothing's fine internally. And it was so bizarre. It was like externally, everything's amazing. Internally, nothing's amazing. But it's like, I just, as soon as I accepted that I don't have to feel 100% in order to grow, in order to live my best life, in order to manifest the things that I wanted, that I was worthy of them no matter what. And I didn't have to be 100% certain. It just like, finally, I, I accepted it. And now I'm like, okay, cool. What else? What else are you going to bring Saturn? Like, what else are you going to bring universe? Yes. I, that was totally my attitude during my Saturn return was like, and that's the satisfaction we get. And then there's going to be another ebb and flow where it's like, oh my God, like what is going on? And that's whole adventure. It initiates us into our true adulthood. So we're not adults when we turn 18. We're not adults when we turn 21. We're adults when our first Saturn return finishes. <laughs> That's that the truth. That's so my truth. freaking true. Aisha, I could talk to you forever. And I know that you have, you know, forever and a half left to do with the chart. So I'm going to book a reading with you so we can finish this, this chart oh without, a, without annoying everyone else with all these details. No, just kidding. But like, I know it can take a long time and I'm so down for it. And this is amazing. And I do have a little surprise for anybody who's listening and is fascinated. I absolutely love your energy, Aisha. You're just so knowledgeable and like your passion about this is incredible. So I saw that you offer like gift certificates, like you can purchase reading for other people. So I'm going to go ahead and purchase a reading for one of you guys that you can win. And how that's going to happen is you're going to take a screenshot of this episode and you're going to tag both me and at Oath Oracle. Is there like a hyphen or anything or just one? Oath dot Oracle. Oath.oracle. I'm going to put this in the show notes so you can spell it exactly and tag the right people. So at Manifestation Babe, at Oath.oracle, share any highlights, aha moments, breakthroughs, or anything like that. I'm going to have my team track those and pay attention. Um, I don't know exactly the details because I'm coming up with this on the fly, but I'm going to put in the show notes. I think I'll give it like a couple days or a week or something, and I'll choose one of you guys to get a reading because this is so freaking awesome. That's so fun. <laughs> I love this idea so much. And yeah, as you can tell, this is just, it's just a bottomless well of insight and connection and connection with the mystery and connection with source and truth. And it's just, yeah, I can, I can do this all day. This is like, it's very empowering too. And what I appreciate is that you're able to like share 
even the hard parts about the chart, but in a very empowering way. And I just, um, that's like, that's the kind of teacher I am. And I just appreciate that you do that too. And it's just like, I'm like so excited about my chart and I'm like, whoa, what else can I find in here? So this has been amazing. Um, where can people find you to find out more about you, find out more of your services? I know you have some courses, you obviously do readings. I know you have a membership, um, and you obviously have the Instagram account that I, that we just shared, but where else can we work with you, purchase your stuff, book a reading, um, support you. Yes. So I love being on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram stories and that's just where I love to hang out. Um, Business and astrology intersection, like marketing, wealth creation, that's really my passion where it all ties together because I believe we get to be resourced for our soul work. And when we embody our cosmic oath, which is written here in the charts, um, abundance naturally flows through that. So I do offer my soul wealth readings, which is a reading and psychic business session. So kind of emerging astrology and psychic insights and practical proven strategies that are in alignment with your soul blueprint. So that's available. You can book in through my Instagram bio or or my website, oathoracle.com. I also have a bundle called the Mystic Business Bundle, and this is a some astrology as well as just some intuitive business and mystic business workshops on conscious wealth and branding. And I actually have a discount code for your audience. Um, if you use the code manifestation, babe, on the mystic business bundle, you'll receive 22% off. Wow. So nice uh, connection with your amazing listeners and uh, anything else I have. Yeah. They have a membership. It's called moon coven. So it's a business switch membership. So we do moon ritual and we talk business and money. It's all entrepreneurs and creatives. It's extremely lit in there. <laughs> love that space. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that generous uh, coupon code. And also just to clarify, you do two types of readings, right? You, You said the psychic business. And then what was the other one? The other one is the soul's map. So that is a comprehensive exploration of the birth chart. So that's more kind of what we've been talking about in the session today. All right. Okay. So here's the deal. You guys can choose which reading you want if you win. So that's how that's going to work. Um, thank you so much for being here. Like, thank you so much for doing this. This is the most fun I've ever had on a podcast and like, just, uh, it just, you exude such great vibes and you're just such an amazing soul and you're so in your purpose and so magnetic. And I just, I loved hanging out with you and I hope all of you guys listening, uh, did as well. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. This was just a major pleasure, honor, privilege, and highlight for me. So yeah, just such a such a pleasure. Oh, yay. All right. To the rest of you listening, I will catch you guys in the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at ManifestationBabe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest the magic.